0: It's episode 26 of Two Girls Talking. I'm Katie Kiley from ninety seven 97.1 The River, Atlanta's classic hits. I host the Afternoon Drive show there. And I'm here with my good buddy Melissa Ruggieri, music critic for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. She also does the music scene blog on AJC.com. We are Two Girls Talking this week about a guy that we interviewed couple of years ago, for the same reason, Rick Allen, the great drummer from Def Leppard.
1: It's kind of hard to believe that it's only been two years that he's coming back to Atlanta and doing other cities, too, with his artwork. He's the Wentworth a, he's a,
0: galleries, yes. Yeah,
1: he's a busy guy.
0: He I'm, is, and he's so talented. And you and I both flipped out when we saw these portraits he's doing. Tom Petty, Janis mm-hmm. Joplin, John Lennon, all these artists that have passed away. And he's doing this very unique thing, which we'll let him talk about in a minute here, of getting these portraits out.
1: I know. I mean, some of the people he's chosen to do and why he's chosen to do them. He's such a nice guy, too. I mean, as soon as we got on the phone with him, I mean, he remembered talking to us, it seemed, anyway. Yeah, a couple of years a ago. A couple of years ago. He's really just happy to talk about whether it's talking about what Def Leppard's up to. I mean, you know, some artists, when you talk about, you know when they're coming to town to talk about art or something specific, they don't necessarily want to talk so much about Other what things. they're known for. Yes. You know. But he's always so gracious to say, you know, yeah, here's what's going on with the band. They, By the way, last week we talked about Vegas residencies. They have a Vegas residency coming up this summer that they were there a couple years ago too and they're going to be back in August doing one over at Planet Hollywood. Not just that, the big deal is they are being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We haven't
0: seen it yet, or you may have seen it by the time you hear this, but it's happening this weekend on HBO. You're going to be able to finally see it.
1: Saturday 8 p.m. on HBO. Now, you know people much younger than us who like to go online and find things have probably watched the whole ceremony 12 times by now on various websites, but I like to watch it the old-fashioned way. I do too. I like to watch it on my TV set in HD the way it got intended, so I have my TiVo set to watch that. And, and yeah, he did talk to us a little bit about the experience of that, his initial reaction to finding out <laughs> when, yes. when they were going to be inducted and also, you know, just the, the fact that they got in, like Kiss got in a couple years ago based on the fan vote because, you know, bands like that don't really get a lot of respect from the hierarchy the at these organizations it's, yeah. and it's not even necessarily the critics, I mean, it's it's really just more the, the music industry in general and people might argue that that's a valid point, that maybe a band that is most mostly known to be a a hair pop metal hard rock band shouldn't be in there, but it's like with Bon Jovi. I mean, you, you can't deny the appeal and the popularity. Oh, my gosh. I, and they're Leopard, good. Oh
0: Yes, that's <laughs> the
1: thing. Know? I mean, you know, there, there were a lot of bands that came out of that era that are not going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So there are a handful that do deserve to be in there. And I think they absolutely do. But it's just cool that they're able to now have a fan vote to get bands like that that might be more popularly adored than critically adored. And Look how long it took Skinner to get in. Exactly. That was just a travesty. Yeah, I think. yeah. And, you know, we could do Although a whole.
0: we can't figure out the Rock and Roll Hall of I was going to say, we it's could do a so whole podcast
1: silly. on. Yes. Who is... you what know, we think about that. Even even you and I sometimes have conversations like they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like people you would really think. Or, was it Peter Frampton that we talked to? I can't even remember. We talked to somebody recently who you would think obviously would be in there and, you know, is not. And we got lucky with a trivia question recently on one of our trivia nights. Remember they asked who is the only person to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame three, three times. times? Do you know who it is? Because we'll tell you at the end. Why yes. We we'll that? tell you at the end. We'll tell think you after that. you listen to Rick Allen. But he really is just a sweet person. He does a lot of work with wounded warriors and veterans, and, you know, has talked to us again about how he still suffers from PTSD from his horrific car accident from back in the 80s that left him with one arm. I mean, and, and to think not only can he play as phenomenally as he is as a drummer, but then to be a painter and and to do that with, with his physical limitations. It's quite is extraordinary is just what he really, puts
0: out there of himself. Yeah, yeah.
1: And how he likes to give back to people, too. And he understands the bond that he has with people who have been through a lot of the same experiences he has and and he wants to do something about that you know what i mean it's, it's one thing to, to just say you're going to do it but this is a guy who when he's on tour said he meets with these wounded warriors in every city that he can. wants them to come out to see him you know whether it's at the art yeah, gallery that's or... one
0: thing to just say things but then yeah. when
1: you actually sit down and
0: spend your time with these people right, right. what a good guy yeah and you're going to hear it so yeah let's
2: let's let you hear it
0: hello yeah. this is katie
2: hey katie yes is melissa there
0: it's, well, it's... <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like you remember us. Yeah, yeah. How you doing, Rick? You
2: guys, yeah, I'm good. You guys are trouble. Oh,
0: uh, but we love talking to trouble like you anytime. Yeah. How have you been fantastic. since we talked to you last? It's been two years already. Yeah, we can't believe
2: two it. Years. Oh my oh my goodness. Yeah, it was fantastic being down there in Atlanta for the first time. You know, I mean I've been there with Derek Leppers, sure. but as an artist it was fantastic. It was really cool. I had a great reception.
0: Tell us about the reception because we didn't get to get to that one and I've been to a couple of these before and it's it's a great opportunity for art fans
2: to meet the artist like you tell us how it went it it was really good and it's interesting it's a different way for me to engage with people you know normally when I'm with Death Leopard day, say hello to people very briefly take a photograph sign something But this, I get to hang out with people a bit longer and just uh, connect with them in a different way. So it's been really special for me. You know, I I like doing the art because it keeps my mind off the street corners, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you strike me a little bit as a shy guy. I've seen you backstage (laughs) before, and I'm wondering, you know, because people really are excited to see you. Does it unnerve you at all, or are you just loving
1: it? Because that's a really intimate space that you're in, too. I mean, it's not like, you know, you're used to being in front of 20, 30, thousand people performing and then said you're in a room with about a dozen people but up close i think
2: i think that the thing you know normally when i'm wandering around backstage my mind is in the show you know right Um, and just sort of contemplating, you know, what it is I'm going to do. Hope I'm as good tonight as I was last night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not ignoring people or, you know, it's just sort of a a kind of an introvert sort of place. Mm -hmm.
0: It is. Well, art is very interesting, too, and I think you probably feel the same way about your music. It's one of those things that you want people to take from it what they take, not so much hear maybe what you have to say about it sometimes.
2: No, uh, it's interesting you say that. Nine times out of ten, my Sort of perception of the pieces or my intention when i was making them normally falls into line with what like, what people see it's interesting but then you know people have, have their own ideas about art and that's the beautiful thing about art and music it's very interpretive you know you can t- you take out of it what you what you want, you know?
0: Well, and Melissa and I have both talked about how we're very drawn to your work. I looked at that picture of Tom Petty. I about fell over. Yeah. Tell beautiful. me about these images. The Legend Series 2019. Tell us about these.
2: The Tom Petty piece, I particularly love. I got into Tom Petty years ago, and then um, it was actually one of my wife's first concerts. So uh, I, had, I had a real connection to his music and just the way he can tell a story is so beautiful, you know, how he can connect with so many people. And then, you know, the obvious ones, actually one of the first Legends pieces I did was Steve Clark. Mm-hmm. After I finished it, I took a photograph of it, sent it to my mother, who still keeps in touch with Steve's mother, with Beryl. When she showed it to Beryl, she saw a a tear rolling down her cheek. you know, and she she just loved it. She thought it was so cool. So Steve was the obvious first piece for me to do because he, he was a friend and he inspired me and still inspires me to this day. So each piece has got its own story. The John Lennon piece, same thing, you know, just, man, how influential was he? You know, he he showed me so many things. And their music was in our DNA, or in my DNA anyway. It was just incredible. I'm still discovering the Beatles to this day. Ah, I'm right with you on that one.
1: You always always keep finding new Beatles stuff. I know, it's great. What I'm so
0: struck by, are these photographs that you... The pictures are unbelievable.
2: Or did you paint? So what I do is I take a photograph that I really like of the person or something I find that I really like. And then what I'll do, is I'll posterize it. I'll posterize the photograph. And then what I'll do, I'll sketch the posterization onto the canvas. And that's when I can come up with my grayscale, you know, with whites, blacks, and grays. And then sometime further along after I've done the underpainting and filled in the sketching, then I'll start to choose colors.
0: With the petty, the beautiful like lavender and and blues and, and the blonde or gold hair. Tell me, though, do you have to get permission from whoever took the photograph? I try
2: to, but apparently because it's a work of art and you're painting it from scratch, it's your interpretation of somebody's image. Oh, that's so great! I don't, I don't think it's open to to any kind of copyright laws.
0: That is that's so interesting. interesting. Yeah, because yeah, Melissa and I are very sensitive about that too. <laughs> we have to, you know, anything that musically that we play or whatever, right? Like,
1: are we gonna get sued for this? Yeah. So, you know, let's be careful. But, well, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Steve Clark, and um, you know, yesterday was his birthday, as as you know, of course. And I mean, is is he just kind of always on your mind? Is is there always just something about him, as you say, that will always
2: be with you and inspire you? Yeah, I mean, it's like being with him is like it was yesterday. I remember everything about him. So I think when you spend that much time with a person, you literally grow up with them. You know, we were young when we first started out. It's something that's indelible. You know, when you lose somebody that young, I call it the the illusion of permanence. Mm. And the illusion of permanence is that you think everybody's going to be around forever, but in reality, we're not. It just hits you even harder when it, somebody goes so young,
1: and such a legacy of his too. I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, you listen to those first couple albums that his sound was something really special. Oh man, what
2: a great, what a great writer! You know, his, his guitar playing is just timeless.
1: Since we're talking about going back with Def
0: Leppard a little bit, how about getting inducted into the <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Rick?
2: It was. You know what, when I first heard it, it was a bit of an inconvenience because I just got home, you know. And it was like, man, I just want to be at home and just enjoy Northern California and just kind of groove on the weather. And, and then, and then as, it, as it got closer to the time, and then Brian May agreed to get involved, and then go to New York maybe five or six days for the, the actual event so that we could do press, this, that, and the other. And as it got closer to the day, it became more and more of a bigger deal. And then standing up on the stage and looking out basically at the whole industry Mm -hmm. and going, wow, this is the first time that we've been given any kind of recognition from the industry. I think the most important thing for Jeff Leopard as a band was that it was the largest fan vote in history. And really that was the main reason why it was so good for us. Yeah. And it's a very small it's a very exclusive club and we're now in it, which is which is great. I think it's code for we're on the endangered species. <laughs>
0: no, it's not at all. In fact, I was, I was just thinking you had it kind of easy because you guys are still playing all the time. And a lot of these guys come in and they're like, oh, my God, we hadn't played together in 25 right. years. And they're scared to death.
2: No, I know. No, at least we've got some practice under our belt.
1: Absolutely. What was it like? We haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I was going to say the show, it's airing this weekend now on HBO. So what, what should we look out for? What was a, a really special moment for you? Uh, special Moments
2: was really Brian May's speech, and then I thought Joe's speech was really cool. You know, I- I've seen a bunch of these, and I've attended even more of them. And people do tend to waffle on a little bit. And I was like, oh, come on, get on with it. You know? <laughs> like, less, less of the self-importance, you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, but uh, I thought it was really good. Joe kept his speech really uh, short. It was great. Everybody really enjoyed it. I think the whole moment was captured really well. So check it out. See what you think for yourself. I mean, I think it's only three songs, you know? Do you
0: have a relationship with Brian May? I think he is one of the most wonderful people in rock and roll. He is a lovely, lovely person. How did that feel yeah, to be inducted by him?
2: Well, we met him years ago. We met him back in, I believe, 1983. Oh, wow. uh, We met him I think we met him at the Forum in uh, Los Angeles. We just kept in touch with him ever since. And, you know, him him and Joe, uh, they're in touch with each other on a regular basis. So we're just happy that an iconic person, what he represents as a person and as a musician, is just off the chart. This guy is so friggin' talented. Yes. And, you know, to, to us, we can't help but look up to him, you know?
1: When, when you talk about someone like Brian May and then talking about your, your art, how did you decide who to kind of spotlight in this legend series? And, you know, when you look at all these iconic bands, would a Brian May ever come to mind like, hey, maybe I should
2: do a, a painting of him? What I'm trying to do at the moment is get through all the people that we've lost along the way. Unfortunately, these last few years, I'm going to stay pretty busy because it seems like every month you hear about somebody else that's gone. So I'm concentrating. Actually, one of my new pieces, which I thought I was going to get completed for Atlanta, I started working on print. And then I started working on uh, Freddie Mercury because of everything surrounding the, the movie and then... Watching the movie and getting getting so emotional about it, this that and the other, I thought I've got to do Freddy. They're the two pieces that I've got on the go, but unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be seen in Atlanta unless I shove them in my suitcase. <laughs> do it. <laughs> how,
1: how long does it usually how long does it usually take you to do one of
2: these? Um, the sketching part of it is the most time consuming. You really got to get that part right. So I'd say on and off. Because I keep going back to it, you know. I'll leave it and go back to it and like correct a couple of things if I need to. I'd say probably about a month, a month on and off. Oh yeah. my
1: god! Yeah. And when you're when you're traveling and, and touring and you know you guys are going back out this summer, it's it's kind of hard, I guess, because you can't really do that on the road. You have to be in your studio.
2: No, I don't. So what I'm normally doing on the studio is just planning out what I'm gonna do. You oh, know, okay. when I get when I get back home. So I'll uh, manipulate some photographs and. See who the next Legends series should be.
1: Do you do a lot of stuff on computer? Is that part of the process uh, initially?
2: Initially, it is, yeah, because really, photography is my passion. I've seen some of your photographs. They're beautiful photographs. Cool. I appreciate that. Normally, something starts out as a photograph, and then it inspires me to uh, put it on canvas. And then I'll take photographs of the original piece, which there's only one of, and then I'll start to create mixed-media pieces. So I'll do a print, and then I'll start to enhance it with more paint and more texturizing and more of everything, so I can create different price points for people.
1: You know, Katie, and I love the fact, too, that you're still working with the Warrior Resiliency Program with everything that you do, which is just such a cool thing. It really is.
2: It's the least I can do, really. In 2006, I went to Walter Reed uh, Army Army Medical Center. I held it together while I was there, but I, I really experienced a lot of suffering, but also a lot of hope. So when I got back to the hotel, I called my wife up and I said, we have to refocus Raven Drum. We need to uh, focus more on PTSD and help our veterans and uh, our warriors. That's exactly what we did. We created the Project Resiliency. It enabled us to focus more sharply on our warriors. From every piece that we sell, I put 10% of uh, all the proceeds into warrior programs. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, that is. It's the least
2: I can do, you know.
0: Yeah, but for somebody that purchases one of your paintings, for them to know that, too, they're helping. And I, I just think that just goes a long way.
2: Yeah, it does. It does. It's, re- it's really cool. Well, you know, I suffer from PTSD myself, so when I get together with the Warriors, it's good, because uh, they learn a lot from me, and I learn a lot from them.
1: How, how often do you get together? How often, like, When do you get to
2: see each other? When I'm on tour, uh, hmm. I get to see uh, qu- quite a few uh, groups of Warriors from around the country. Um, We do these things called uh, warrior gatherings or Rockstar and the Warrior. Um, And myself and John Roberts with the Wounded Warrior, we normally uh, get together and post the whole thing. And then I'll tell my story, he'll tell his story, and then we get everybody in the room to tell their story. We don't encourage filming or photographs or anything like that, at least, you know, when we're sitting there talking, because you'd be surprised at the things that come to the surface. And that's what we want. You know, we want people to talk about it. So well, it, helps, you. it helps everybody else, you know?
1: Well, and it's a private thing, too. I mean, it's a very intimate thing that only certain people could really understand the way you guys all can.
2: That's true. I, I just love the, the fact that I've been given the opportunity to do this. And the fact that, you know, I'm traveling with Jeff Leopard, and I can have them come out if they're a couple or whatever. Come out, come and enjoy the show. And then we have a nice meeting before the show, and I just tell them, you know, I'll be thinking about them while I'm up there playing, Uh and, you know, they really appreciate it.
0: I have to wonder, because Melissa and I interviewed Mickey Hart not too long ago, do you Mm -hmm. have a relationship with him at all?
1: We talked about his art, because he was coming. (laughs)
2: That's right. He's with Gwentworth also. But no, to be honest, no, I've never met him.
0: You guys are going to have to meet, because when I was looking at your drum art and stuff, I thought, he's a little more wacky than you are. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so interesting to hear about rhythm as a drummer when you talk about rhythm and what that means and how that's so healing. He's very much about that. So I think one day you're going to have to meet him. His
1: thing is uh, vibrational art is, is what he talked to us about and how he kind of uses the sensation of the rhythm to tilt the paint on the canvas and just sort of let it flow where it's going to flow and all that kind of stuff. But but yeah, the drumming really does influence what he does artistically.
2: No, it's cool. I mean, you know what I'm doing the Legends pieces is I'll normally listen to the music of the people People oh. that I'm painting. Mm. Uh, I love that. But, but on, on some of the abstract pieces, I can see how, you know, there's a certain rhythm, there's a certain flow to it. I can totally relate to that. But... Obviously, he's done more LSD than me. Yes. So, yeah. you know, maybe, you know. Bingo. Or that neither one of us have either. Yeah, exactly. So we were like, hey, go ahead. We,
1: we weren't totally following the conversation with him when we spoke to him, even though he was a lovely man. Yes. No, we love
0: yeah,
2: him. Absolutely. There you go. I There's love
0: there. the idea, too, that everybody that gets a piece of your art is going to receive a, a special limited edition print of you. Yes, absolutely.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, it's a, a little bonus, you know. Oh, and then the other thing is people can get the chance, uh, we can all go out for dinner. I know, know, yeah. I've I've done that on a few occasions, and it's, it's, it's really nice. I mean, we normally end up getting hammered. But, you
1: know, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> well,
0: why not? So that would happen in <laughs> know, Atlanta. Really. Does that happen in Atlanta, or does that happen somewhere else, or how does that work? The dinner? I was just down
2: in Florida for a couple of shows in uh, Fort Lauderdale and Boca Raton, and uh, we did we did two dinners actually on the on the Friday and the Saturday. So I'll be doing the same in Atlanta. So you know I guess if they if they call the gallery up and find out, they'll they'll be able to get details on how they could do that.
1: So you do it like the same nights that you're in town, though. Like you know, you come out that evening to see you and maybe buy a piece, and then go out to dinner that night. If if you buy a certain piece, I we understand that too. There it's you not. Go. It's really not just any piece. <laughs> it's it's the higher no, value stuff, right? <laughs>
2: th- no, that's how it normally rolls out. Yeah. You know, but I don't know the details. I'm sure the uh, the gallery do. Yeah. Too. So where so,
0: We'll make sure that our yeah. listeners get that information. Piece of information. Yeah, because yeah, that is so cool. I love the way that you're not afraid to put yourself out there with your fans. Yeah, I think so that's cool. really special. Mm-hmm.
1: No, it's cool. My wife, she's like, as long as you don't sport the homeless look, then you're cool. <laughs> does she? Does she make sure to like go over the outfit with you before you leave the, the hotel room? <laughs> oh,
2: the suitcase is always perfectly packed, oh. so I'm, I'm very, I'm very fortunate. You're a blessed man.
1: Yeah. Well, Rick, we did want to talk to you real quick too, just about some upcoming Def Leppard stuff. I'm excited that you've got that Vegas residency coming later in the summer because I missed the last one and I'm not going to miss this one, but have you, have you made any, fun. have you made plans yet or talked
2: about what, what you might be doing? No, but, um, it's like basically just learn everything, every song, you know, we've ever done kind of thing. <laughs> so it's probably going to change as the, uh, you know, as the residency goes through. The idea is that every night isn't the same. It's, it's something slightly different that we can, uh, and it's normally really super huge Def Leppard fans that go to uh, events like that. So, you know, we're kind of preaching to the converted, you know? <laughs> well, at
1: the last residency, didn't you guys open the show as a different band, if I remember
2: correctly? <laughs> Yeah, we 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 have this uh, fictitious band called uh, Dead Flatbird. Right. And, uh, <laughs> that's and, awesome. Uh, <laughs> and what we did, we we kind of we kind of dressed up a little bit so people wouldn't necessarily recognise us, and we came out before Def <laughs> Leppard, and we did. Uh, Joe introduced us as the best Def Leppard cover band <laughs> on the planet. I and there were some it. people. There were some people in the audience that didn't think it was us. Oh, that's they funny. They were booing.
1: Oh, Oh, and you loved every minute of it, didn't you? That was
2: great. It was great.
1: And that's a great way to have fun, too, especially when you're going to be in the same place for a while.
2: Yeah, that's that's. Well, yeah, you know, the cool thing about being in Vegas is my bed doesn't have wheels, you know? It doesn't move. Right. It's nice to bring the crowd to us as opposed to us going to them, you know.
1: Well, Katie and I saw you last summer with Journey when you came here through doing the baseball tour, and loved it. Wow, that tour! I mean, you guys played to more than a million people. Bands made almost 100 mil together. I mean, that is an incredible outing. And were you surprised by the reception that you got from that?
2: I was a little surprised at first, but uh, I was like, wow, I could get used to this. <laughs> 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 no, it was great. It was great. And those guys are great. They're really nice. I got to know Steve Smith, the drummer, pretty well. So uh, it was really cool. I enjoyed it.
1: It was a great pairing. I mean, it was a great yep. double header. Well, right? the Pretenders, too. And the Pretenders came. Oh, my came. God, Yeah. Behind. I know. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, that was the best. Yeah, yeah, Martin Chambers. He's a bundle of laughs.
1: Do you typically hang out with the drummers, of, you know, when you are on tour with somebody? Since you mentioned, met guitar players or singers, yeah, just no, drummers. Normally
2: that tends to happen, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, all the bands that we've been out with, whether that's uh, Pretenders or Cheat Trick mm-hmm. or Tesla, we always have a really nice experience with other bands.
1: And that's a big part of like why you want to go out with certain people, too, because if you're going to spend three months on the road sharing a stage, you better like the guys.
2: <laughs> Our whole thing is no drama. Just get on with it. Everything's OK. Just, there's no need to get upset about anything.
1: So you're going to Europe and Canada this summer, I saw, before the Vegas shows kick in. And is that sort of the plan for Def Leppard for the rest of the year and not merely not any other American touring? I don't think
2: so. We we kind of hammered it. It was it was a long tour last mm-hmm. year. And uh, I think the idea that we haven't done a full Canadian tour in a long time, uh, that was really appealing to us, you know. Because in reality, per capita, we're more popular in Canada than we are in the States. Really?
0: Wow.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So uh, European festivals, great way for us to play to a lot of people all at once. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got a couple of a uh, couple of shows with Kiss. I think we've got a couple of shows with John Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. So all in all, it's it's going to be a really cool summer out in Europe.
1: And I guess that gives you a little more time to work on your art stuff, too, if you're not going to be on the road the rest of the year.
2: <laughs> I do enjoy my ho- my home life. So uh, my day job gets in the way sometimes, you know.
1: <laughs> where do you li- Where
2: do
0: you live? Do you live in England or do you live in the States?
2: No, I've lived over here since 91. I normally spend my time in Los Angeles or up on the central coast of uh, California to kind of, I don't know, regroup. It's so refreshing up here. The the nature is so beautiful. So I I do enjoy being in uh, central California. We're
1: so happy to talk to you again. I know.
0: You are just so easy and fun and lovely. And I'm glad your life is going so well. I can't wait to see more of your artwork again.
2: You're very welcome, guys. I look forward to seeing you. If you get a chance to come and say hello, please do. Thank you. (laughs) All right, um, guys. Thank you very much. Take Take care. care. You too.
0: Bye bye. Bye bye. I hope you enjoyed hearing Rick Allen from Def Leber. That was a joy for Melissa and me.
1: And don't forget this weekend. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You'll get to see them performing several songs. And Brian May will be introducing them and inducting them. And that, you know, as he said, was just a really cool thing. So make sure to check that Always out. Always fun to watch. If you happen to be in Atlanta, May 4th, he will be at Wentworth Art Gallery at Phipps Plaza. You know, we got to see Rick Ocasek there. We, we didn't get to see Paul Stanley, but we talked to Paul Stanley about his visit there a couple of years ago. Mickey Hart. Was recently, there. I mean, it's kind of cool just to hear about all these guys who have these other talents, and that the Wentworth Gallery really latched on to hey, Very there smart. are rock stars who do this. We could, there used to be an on tour. <laughs> That's know? right. That's and, right. And even to like go out to dinner with them, like he said, you know, if you spend enough money, of course, but still, you know, there are people who can do that. And what a nice little bonus to be able to sit down and have dinner with Rick Allen afterward. And, and he, you know, did say they're going to drink. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I should check my bank account because some of those paintings are really beautiful, and you could check. Check them out on the Wentworth Art Gallery sites too. They have a a page that shows all of his stuff since he is part of their regular rotation of... Of artists, that's
0: great. It's a great thing to do. It really is a lot of fun. So if you haven't been able to check one of those out, yes, Allen would be a good one to check out.
1: And the answer to our trivia question: Oh, who do you think? (laughs) Who do you think?
0: We came up with us pretty quickly. We did, we
1: We did, because you think about who would have to be inducted from bands and also as a solo person. So you think McCartney, right? Mm. But then you go, oh, Wings in? Wings is not in. Wings is not in. Nope.
0: Wings Wing's should be in, though. Wings should be in, but they are not. uh, But then you can think about who else? Maybe like a Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. You sort of have to think about Buffalo Springfield. And by the way, you have the duration
1: of a song to come up with this answer when you're playing trivia in a bar. That's right. So a three-minute song. (laughs) And you can't check your phone, so three-minute song. We came up within probably the first 20 seconds that it was Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton and he is the hard birds. Yep. And and Stevie Nicks is a trivia and question answer solo. now too. That's I mean, right. The only woman to be inducted both with a band and as a solo artist. So we're going to tell our trivia friend who does the questions he needs to add that to the rotation.
0: <laughs> Rock and roll Hall of Fame induction
1: ceremony. Check out Def Leppard this weekend. And in the meantime if you want to find us Two Girls Talking 11 the number two the number 11 at gmail.com if you want to email us our Facebook page. We have finally started uh, getting that beefed up a bit and we have lots of people following following us would love to hear your comments about what we're doing if you have any suggestions for us and that of course is also two girls talking the number two and also on itunes you can subscribe to the podcast there and find us every week as we talk about various music things look forward to talking to you next time